0: Disclaimer, the 24 Shades of Blue Cold Case Edition series is about real ongoing homicide investigations. The following conversation may be disturbing to some people and is not recommended for all ages. Please take a moment and decide if you would like to continue listening or watching. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome to 24 Shades of Blue Cold Case Edition. I'm your host for the series, Andy O'Brien. Today's cold case we're going to be looking into the case of Christine Prince. And today I've with me again, Toronto Homicides Lead Detective Steve Smith. How you doing, Steve?
1: Good. How you doing, Andy? Good.
0: Thanks for being with us. Um I think the the first question here is uh who was Christine and and what were the last moments of her life like in your opinion?
1: Christine was a 25-year-old uh, nanny from Wales. She'd come over to Canada to work make a little bit of extra money whether she's going to go back to university um after she made a little bit of money over the course of the summer um she was here she was uh she had a boyfriend that was here as well and she had a couple of friends who were also Welsh nannies in the area um on on this fateful night 1982 june 22nd 1982 christine was downtown near a young and bloor with her friends uh they were out at a coffee shop they went to see a movie um, they boarded public transit and headed back towards where Christine was living out on Pinewood Avenue, um, in sort of central downtown Toronto. Um, and she she emerged from a streetcar, and that's the last time anyone had ever seen her.
0: So she was essentially just taken off the off the street. Vanished.
1: Yeah. Our belief is it was raining a little bit that night and she had an umbrella with her. Her umbrella was found in the middle of the street about halfway up Pinewood Avenue. Um, we believe that the perpetrator or perpetrators were waiting in a vehicle and they may have called her over. Um, her being a good person went over to, to give them directions or whatever they were asking. And, and she was taken right from the street there.
0: Just so we can kind of set the, paint the picture here, her uh, umbrella was found in the middle of the street. If one were to pick somebody up off of the sidewalk, very rarely would that. If someone comes and grabs me, I'm not going to drop my umbrella as I'm being taken off the street. So more than likely, it, it sounds like they may have called her over. Yeah, And absolutely. she was trying to give directions or
1: what That's have right. you. She came from the far sidewalk, walked across the street to meet at the vehicle. Um, and when they grabbed her, she dropped her umbrella. Again, if, if she had went willingly with them, she would have taken her umbrella with her. So we believe that she was taken right from the street.
0: And so I guess we know what happened initially to, to you know um, get her in the vehicle. We, do we have any description of the vehicle? A, a Unfortunately, we
1: don't. We don't have any description of the vehicle or the perpetrators at this time. All we have is um, a DNA profile, male DNA profile. We know
0: that if she was scooped from the street, that chances are... As we were talking about before the show, chances are this person's not driving, abducting and, you know, getting an individual into the, you know, trunk or, you know, back part, back seat of the car. So you believe strongly there was more than one individual involved.
1: I would think so. I mean, it, as you said, it, it would be very difficult to overpower someone um, and drive while you're trying to overpower someone. It makes more sense if there was a second person and they may have been holding her down at the time. Um, while a a secondary person was driving.
0: Okay, so then in that case, you would think that if someone was giving directions, this also could have had a third or fourth person involved. This could have had a sliding door from a van. We're talking back, and let's talk about the date. We're talking back in 1982. So um, we know what time it was late in the evening. You were saying, I think around 1.30?
1: Yeah, it would have been around 1.30 in the morning at the time.
0: So this could have been multiple perpetrators... Um, basically, so they pick her up, they take her off the street and then let's talk about where this, where this led after.
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately we don't know what happens in the meantime, but we knew, do know that her body was found up in the Rouge river up, uh, off Meadowvale Avenue in the North end up by the Toronto zoo. Um, they didn't take any precautions to hide the body. She was basically just dumped in the river up there and she was found by passerbys, passers-by in the morning. So we know
0: from these pictures here for our viewers that have access via video, we know that she was taken um, essentially uh, and thrown into the Rouge River. Um, When we look at the pictures here, as we discussed before the show, this wasn't individuals who, uh, you know, had uh, scored too high on the IQ test. One being this wasn't planned very well. Uh, She was put into water that we can see here. The rocks are maybe knee high, if that. So do you feel she was she dumped off a bridge? Is it unknown? Was she carried down through the ravine? What's your gut telling you on this one?
1: Either or. I mean, she could have been thrown off the bridge or they could have driven down and backed up and threw her body out. Um, Again, it lends itself to what happened. We know she was sexually assaulted. So we believe she was alive for a period of time. We just don't know. Did they drive her up there sexually assault her, and then kill her up there? Did they take her to a secondary address, sexually assault her, kill her there? Did they drive her up to that area, and we're going to release her? She fought. They killed her, and panicked and dumped her in the in the river. We we just don't know those those answers because it's a lot to think.
0: I mean, you know, taking somebody from the west side of the city, driving somebody all the way over to the well over in the east side. By the Toronto Zoo, one would think that there's a reason for that outside of the Rouge River being their, you know, their their ideal place to dump a body because the water's too low here. You you know that this body is going to be seen by somebody relatively soon, especially it's trafficked area, right? Runners and people walking with their dogs back there. It's not a place you would you would look to really conceal a body. The other thing I I think um, is so maybe this was the place close to potentially where they may have assaulted her. Yeah. They had a place.
1: I mean, they obviously had knowledge of this area as well as the downtown area, of Toronto. Yeah. I mean, if you just wanted a secluded area, there's, there's tons of areas closer than that to drive to. Um, Yeah. But we also do know that they came back westbound on the 401 after uh, dumping Christine's body because they threw her, um, her wallet out with her ID in, and it was found by a, a road worker on the side of the road just east of uh, Morningside um, or sorry, just west of Morningside on the 401. So we know that they came back westbound on the 401 as well. Hmm. And then they could have went back
0: into the downtown core. Maybe one of the perpetrators lived downtown.
1: Absolutely. I had or, you to believe. Yeah. Who knows what it was, right? But I mean, to, to sexually assault a young woman, murder her, and then still have the, I don't even know what you would call it, to rob her of her belongings. I mean, or lack of that's right. Something. Yeah. Well, yeah. what, what type of people are we talking?
0: Yeah. And I mean, brings you back to, you know, what we've been talking about. What are the, what's the, you know, what is the motive here? I mean, is the, the motive of sexual assault, is the motive of a robbery? Are these sadistic killers looking to murder people? Um, one would believe that the driving force is always sexual assault. Typically in these cases, am I, Wrong in assuming that for the most part, that's what drives them the most.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially in the eighties, uh, the sexual assault of, of random women on the street was a lot more prevalent because of the lack of tracking, the lack of, uh, video evidence, the lack of DNA, um, than it is today where, you know, a perpetrator's found a lot quicker, a lot easier. You, you, you're able to gain evidence through video, um, through DNA, that sort of thing.
0: We're talking about this too. I mean, you know, we're looking to bring some closure to the families. Uh, you know, we're looking to catch the catch these people. What are we talking age wise? I mean, you know, I'm thirty nine in eighty two, uh, you know, I was born in eighty one. So these individuals, if they committed this, you know, twenty thirty, I mean, they're well on in life. Um, where do you think these people are now? And how old
1: do we think these people are? Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking minimum in their fifties. Um, could be up to, you know. Any age they could be deceased we we just don't know but we want to find out who did this uh, we want to find out who the offender was and we want to bring justice to christine's family and DNA evidence we know we know there was there was
0: DNA collected off the victim uh, off Christine um, what do we know about the DNA
1: so all we know right now is it's male DNA um, we're looking to use scientific new scientific techniques to further test unfortunately the DNA at this point isn't Good enough for further testing, but we're looking um, to enhance that DNA um, to be able to do biographic testing and then hopefully uh, go ahead with uh, genetic genealogy as well. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, every six months, science is improving and we're getting very close to being able to utilize um, the amount and the quality of the DNA that we have. We're very, very close. We just need to push it across the line. So if we can get a name,
0: that would be a, a huge help breakthrough in the case
1: potentially oh absolutely i mean we we still have enough and we've been able to develop a male profile off it so we can do direct one-to-one testing so if we get a name we can test and say for sure whether it's the offender or not
0: so what was the area like around you know the time of christine's death
1: It was an affluent area i mean it was all professionals it was uh you know nice houses um things like this just didn't happen um you know People just getting snatched off the street—it's—it's it's something out of the movies. Yeah, you know, she's just walking home. She's gonna go look after kids in the morning, right? So she's just gonna go home, grab a few hours sleep, get up, and and help the family out and look after their children and stuff. And and in the meantime, these guys—they—they they do this to her. It's—it's it's, it's unbelievable, unconscionable. And you
0: know the area, so we know about. I, I think the the Rouge Bridge area let's talk about you know is this a place you know people have went missing? Is this a place people are murdered? Tell me a little bit about that the the murder scene in the area there
1: yeah, i mean any any secluded area can be used for any sort of nefarious means right um what their connection to this area was Unfortunately, we don't know, um but they must have known of this area this specific area It's not a place especially with all the stops in between that you would just drive until you found you, obviously, obviously they had some connection to this area, whether they, they had perpetrated these offenses before, whether they had, uh, whether this is where they took their girlfriends, I don't know. Um, but they, they had some knowledge of this area. And
0: have you, in terms of um, Christine's family, I know that she was Welch and, and have you talked with uh, Christine's family or friends? Is there any, anybody that you've spoke to? Yeah, we, we
1: we still speak to her boyfriend um, at the time, as well as her brother. Um, we're still in contact. They're still hoping for some closure to this. But I mean, it's been a long time now uh, and we're hoping to give them that closure.
0: And I think, you know, as we were discussing about this case, um, you know, obviously this is what you do for a living is... If, if you, the lead uh, detective for the homicide squad, and I know, in in my experiences dealing with you know yourselves and FBI and RCMP and looking at different cases, serial killers, I think the one thing that jumps out uh, at me in this is that they haven't, there hasn't been any other offenses that uh, that has uh, that they've given DNA for. Uh, since eighty two eighty three these types of people are people that you would think are potentially this is driven by drugs this is driven by individuals who um, you know have a tendency to uh, sexual assault or even murder. This is something that 's typical of a of a, a really heavy criminal, maybe not the brightest but what 's your thoughts on why they haven 't been how have these guys not been back in the spotlight in some I know, shape it's, where it's uh from,
1: it's mind-boggling actually i mean yeah you commit this offense and then you never commit another threshold offense that you're convicted of where That's your dna I mean. is ordered i i it, yeah <laughs> i i don't even know what to say about it i mean it's it's shocking but you see from the cases that we've been doing we have a lot of these where the offenders just they don't pop back up they don't commit a threshold offense um and i mean at the time it the DNA wouldn't have been taken, right? So even if they did, absolutely, we may not know. That's right. So I mean, it's more of a recent thing. They may have aged out on, you know, the violent offenses as people do as they get older. Yeah. Um, we just don't know. But for for whatever reason, uh, these offenders, these these murderers, are not committing offenses that, that get them onto our national data bank. And that's the one thing that you do see
0: is. You know, I've heard of people taking breaks. You see a lot of the big serial killers; the the they take you know breaks between a batch of murders. They'll take off five years, even a decade. You see that, but it's just it's just hard to believe. From eighty two to now, we're you know twenty twenty one. It's been anything, so it leads you to believe maybe they they perished, or maybe had a family, maybe changed their life.
1: Absolutely. the area? 100%. And I mean, as I said, we're working on some scientific techniques right now. So we're hoping that we can provide some of those answers and we can close some of those open doors and, and get a little further ahead in this. Uh, because this is one that, I mean, you've you've looked through the case. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a real head scratcher, to be honest with you. Because like we said, I mean, these guys don't seem like master criminals. They didn't cover their tracks very well. Um, to be honest, they were lucky not to get caught. Um, and we're still looking for them and and we want to find these guys. Yeah. It's just a
0: very odd case. People are taken off the streets around the world. That's, that's unfortunately, um, common, a lot more common than, you know, the general public knows, but what isn't common here is the fact that they've driven across the city to this specific destination. They've hid the body in a place that, you know, a seasoned criminal would not want. To put a body where it's going to be discovered the next day, fresh with maybe clues, DNA, you know, this body was visible. Tell me, how visible was this body from the, you know, from anybody walking near it, from the bridge even? Was it above the water?
1: Oh yeah, it was, it was very obvious. we had multiple callers calling in to report that they believed that there was a body in the river, so uh, it, it wasn't hidden by any means. and I mean just to throw the ID of someone that you just murdered out onto a public yeah highway it's another
0: strange one yeah
1: it's uh, they were taking no care. they were taking no care to cover their tracks, so it's just it's just unfortunately we didn't get the traction at the time and I mean obviously DNA helps immensely, but they weren't covering their tracks at all.
0: Yeah. And it's strange to think, I mean, the only, as we talked about earlier, the only other, you know, this behavior is typical of a, you know, a serial killer or a criminal that wants to be known, that wants the notoriety, you know, they w- not necessarily want to be caught, but they want the police, they want to play that game. So if that's not the case, which because there has, you know, they haven't reoffended and it's not a serial killer type Um, position here. just makes you believe they just weren't, they just did something maybe under the influence of drugs. They just weren't that bright. And it was kind of a crash and bang type, um, type scenario here where they just committed this crime and threw the wallet out and the way they went.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who knows, who knows what, what occurred that night. Um, Who knows if the intent wasn't to kill her at the time. Uh, They may have hit her too hard. We just, we just don't know. Um, They may have panicked. When they did find out that she was deceased. Um, Let's talk
0: about that. She did have an injury. Uh, so she was hit with, she had blunt force trauma. Um, tell me about where you think that, that uh, transpired. Do you think that happened maybe when she was abducted off the street? Did this happen maybe at the house? Is there any uh, information that.
1: Yeah, I mean, either are plausible, right? If it, was, if it was one offender, he may have hit her over the head immediately when he tried to drag her into the vehicle it was two offenders it probably happened later on whether they sexually assaulted her and figured that they were going to dump her out in the woods and and give her a little knock on the head so she was out cold and would wake up later and hit her too hard we don't know we don't know what happened there um or did they they set out with that intent to sexually assault and murder her
0: because if she was dumped into the water you would think that I'm pretty sure they knew that she was deceased at that time before they put her there. Absolutely.
1: And I mean, if you, if you plan this event and you plan to murder someone, is this the ideal dumping spot? I would say no,
0: no, no, I would agree with that. No. And I think, um, it just was, they wanted to get rid of her, you know, out of their, uh, whether their car, or you know, they, Whatever happened, I think obviously either happy, either she, uh, either she was deceased at the place they assaulted her, or, you know, um, maybe even at the actual crime scene or around. It's hard to it's hard to say, but I think what are we looking for here? What what are we looking for? Two or three potential individuals. We're looking for somebody to come forward. Ideally, you know, what would you ask of the public?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're looking for the name of the, the person that left their DNA from the sexual assault. Um, that's a person that we can one hundred percent put there, um, and we're just we're just looking for someone to come forward with that name. If there was two, three, four individuals, and their one friend was some sort of psychopath and sexually assaulted and murdered this woman while these guys were driving a van, just come, just just provide us with the name of of your friend that you knew or your friend at the time. Obviously, things have changed since then. Uh, just give us a name of of who did this. Obviously, you know. Obviously, you've been living with this your whole life just provide us the name of your friend because he's a murderer and we need to to bring him to justice. Whether, you know, if he's alive, we'll bring him and make him answer to, to this crime. If he's deceased, we'll give the family closure. Uh, But the, whoever did this shouldn't get away with it. Yeah. And I think obviously somebody does
0: know, you know, there's like you say, it's there, there was somebody that saw her abducted potentially. There was somebody that may have seen a suspicious car, van whatever it was near the area that her body was found there what do we know what time she was dumped uh into the
1: rouge river we don't know i mean she was found in the morning it could have been any time it could have been almost immediately after she was taken it could have been basically any time through the night so we don't know what transpired in those hours it's
0: it's just baffling how this all took place um in terms of um what other clues did was there anything else um outside of the wall that is there anything else he had found?
1: There were some tire tracks in the area and such um we were able to match them up to a certain vehicle that that had those tire tracks okay but that turned into a, a bit of a red herring a bit of a dead end i mean there were so many of of the the types of vehicles. Uh, it was a Toyota vehicle at the time.
0: We know a color, or is there any? Color? We don't
1: know any color or anything. We just know that it was a toy. There were Toyota tires that okay. were used. They were on a certain Toyota vehicle. Um, but we we investigated that thoroughly, and and nothing came out of that really.
0: So I think right now the only um, the only thing that's that is left uh, in hopes of you know solving this case is if someone comes
1: forward. Absolutely, and as we discussed, someone knows in all these cases the offenders at the very least spoken to someone or someone was there with them at the time and and somebody knows who committed this offense
0: and is there any um right now is there any dna that you're trying to push forward is there any um you know extra technology that you're trying to use for this case
1: yeah absolutely i mean like i said right now we have small quantities and it's not of the best quality but we've been working with with uh the CFS as well as some private labs in being able to amplify that, that DNA so we can do biographic ancestry and we can come up with a root population of where this person was from. And if it fits our uh, criteria, then go ahead with genetic genealogy and, and backtrack.
0: Okay. And so I think in closing, um, is there anything um, that you want to say to the, pub, the general public in terms of any specifics that um, they can help bring forward or even talk directly to to one of the perpetrators that uh, that you feel was in that uh, that car at the time of?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you were there at the time, provide us a name of your friend that was doing this. Just let us have his name and we'll do the rest. Uh, we don't need to know who you are. Just provide us the information of who it was and, and we'll do the investigation. We'll We'll bring this person to justice. I think the last thing I wanted to to also touch on is the victim's
0: family here, or, or the uh, former boyfriend. Um, what what was the what is he saying to you?
1: Well, I mean, he gave he gave a full statement at the time. He provided his DNA later on. Um, he was very willing to help. We have another witness. The boyfriend had actually went home a little earlier. He he'd got off at an earlier stop and walked to his home. Um, Christine and another friend continued along the route um, using the TTC and um, he was fully helpful in everything that uh, that we'd asked him. Well, I think in closing,
0: I think uh, this is definitely a case that we'd love to bring closure to and once again to the, the general public um, or the individuals that were there. That night or, or morning, um, please, you know, give give your name honors Give a name anonymously um, to the homicide squad uh, or Crime Stoppers, or if you feel even comfortable enough, reaching out to Obi and Axe and just leave a name. Um, we need to bring closure to families, and uh, and these individuals need to be brought to justice. So, um, thank you very much, Steve, and that concludes our uh, our show for today.